You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good evening, thank you for listening. This is episode 78 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. My name's Charlotte Greenway and it's Friday the 12th of May. In this episode we've got interviews from connections of runners in the Derby Trials this weekend and next week at York before heading to the US to hear from Wesley Ward on his runners in the Ascot Trials, whilst finally we'll hear from Brian Meehan as he sends Green and winner Isaac Shelby over to France on Sunday for their equivalent of the 2000 guineas. First though, a recap on the main news stories from this week and the news that broke this morning from Hong Kong concerned previous champion jockey in the UK, Sylvester D'Souza and here's Rishi Passad and Nick with more. been banned for 10 months by the Hong Kong Jockey Club uh, after he pleaded guilty to a betting charge. Um, it relates to um, a charge that was also brought alongside Wagner Borges who's also a Brazilian rider who's based in Hong Kong. And he was banned for 12 months by the Hong Kong Jockey Club. Um, obviously, those suspensions start straight away. Um, but they were found in breach of a rule that says no jockey shall bet or facilitate the making of a bet or have any interest in a bet on any race or contingency relating to a race meeting. Um, the news has just been emerging in the last few moments. And um, it, it's, obvi- it's obvious because D'Souza has pleaded guilty that um, something has gone on um, and it was surprising that anyone would fall for this because you know how strict the rules are in Hong Kong, how uh, penal the the punishment is and how, you know, once you've done something uh, to contravene those rules, you're going to be in big trouble. Yet, um, I clearly, it doesn't it doesn't deter people from doing it. And both Sylvester D'Souza and Wagner Borges are both um, feeling the feeling the wrath of the Hong Kong Jockey Club right now. Yeah, so the Hong Kong Jockey Club have now clarified that uh, Borges bet on his own mount, Young Brilliant, and D'Souza facilitated, in their words, Borges being able to bet on that horse. It went on to say there was no evidence before the stewards that jockeys Borges and D'Souza had ridden their horses in the respective race with any intention other than to obtain the best possible placing for their mounts. News from Ireland this week focused on the uncertain future of their racing's media rights. And Jane Mangan provided an update on Wednesday's show. Well, following the EGM, the Extraordinary General Meeting of the AIR and, of course, all the representatives from the racetracks, the deal needed to be signed. The 2024 to 2028 deal needed to be signed. And this was the cutoff point, essentially. It's been dragging on for what seems like an eternity. And unlike all the previous deals that in my lifetime I've been privy to, there was not uniform. There was five breakaway tracks. As expected, UIR, the United Irish Racecourses, voted against the deal. So they have not signed on to the RMG SIS deal, which means Kilbegan, Limerick, Roscommon, Sligo and Thurlis remain without a media rights deal for next year. They're going out on their own, which means 56 fixtures out of approximately 400 are not a part of the current deal. So that makes up around 15% 
and uh, their future remains a little bit uncertain. Now, there's been obviously a lot of coverage on this. We've had uh, both sides throughout this whole process expressing their concerns and uh, I suppose pleading their case. But I will be honest, I was expecting white smoke from HRI yesterday and it came out a little bit grey. So it's expected that these breakaway courses will form a deal with ARC for their meetings to be broadcast on Sky Sports Racing, yet nothing has been confirmed. And so this is a story that we'll be following on the podcast over the coming weeks. Now, it feels like yet again there's a black cloud cast over the sport of horse racing in America. This follows a couple of stories centred around the Kentucky Derby. Last week, Nick had Safi Joseph on the podcast denying any wrongdoing following the death of two of his horses in the lead-up to the Derby and the enforced scratching of his remaining runner. Safi also received an indefinite ban from Churchill Downs, but nothing has been said regarding this case since... The other issue was on the day of the Derby, favourite Forte was a last-minute withdrawal on advice of the vets, which should be noted was against the wishes of owner Mike Rapoli and trainer Todd Pletcher. Then earlier this week, it was leaked to the New York Times that last year as a two-year-old Forte failed a drugs test following his win in the Grade 1 hopeful stakes on the 5th of September. Pat Cummings engaged in a fantastic and extended interview this morning with Nick on both these matters, and I very much recommend giving that a listen. On to happier times and on home soil, this week's action has come from what looked a pretty soggy Chester. But despite the weather, a couple of stars looked like they shone through. It was soft ground and so winning distances are likely to have been exaggerated and it wouldn't have suited many runners. But even still, Aidan O'Brien's Save the Last Dance won by 22 lengths in the Cheshire Oaks and that was mightily impressive. Paul Smith told ITV Racing afterwards that he thought she'd be even better on better ground, so it's no surprise to see her heading the Oaks market at 13-8. The Aidan O'Brien, Ryan Moore and Coolmore partners again teamed up to win the D-Stakes with Dubawi Colt San Antonio. He beat her hot favourite from Donica O'Brien's yard older, who didn't get the early position he'd have liked, but he's likely to have learnt plenty from that. Neither horse, though, features particularly highly in the Epsom Derby betting. One that does feature highly in that market now, though, is Arrest, who took the Chester Vars for Frankie Dettori, John Gosden and Judmont Farms. He crossed the line six and three quarter lengths ahead of Adelaide River. And here's Frankie on what he made of the performance. And it's not bad. Um, I, uh, he's done very well from two to three. He's really filled up. Uh, I, I mean, the race was a non-event, really. Everybody was dead free out, but uh, he couldn't have done them, them winning, you know, in, in, in good fashion. So um, he, he likes these days weather. He likes uh, a bit of rain. Uh, you know, last year the derby was on soft, so you never know. He, he's, he'll, he's definitely in the picture at the moment, ground permitting, and we'll see. You know, obviously, so a few trials to go, and uh, it'll be, we'll, we'll have a clearer picture by by in 10 days' time. I know it wasn't exactly difficult for you to win the race. He was he was easily the best. And as you said, the others weren't exactly doing much. But was the challenge just to try and look after him as much as you possibly could and not, not sort of knock the bottom out of him? Yeah, I mean, the, the challenge is, um, you know, to, to, to get in round Chester was not easy task for a big horse. To uh, have a nice, smooth race. 
you know, it's a quite uh, big ask to run a mile and a half on every ground you first start. So uh, to try to 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 get, to get a, a good work into him, but without really asking for everything because. The big one is in three weeks' time, so I think he he, he passed through with flank colours. Would you be surprised if he wasn't your your derby horse? Have you got you not got anything else waiting in the wings, lining up to to possibly be 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 challenging? I would like I said, we know better in ten days' time. Uh, but you know, at, at the moment, you 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 know he's 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 done nothing wrong, and he won in good style. His form as a Tweedle is not bad, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's. I think the, the biggest challenge for him if he becomes good to firm, uh, running down hills with such a big unit, he might find that a bit uncomfortable. But I can't predict the weather. And uh, but you know, we'll keep the dream alive. The next Derby trial comes tomorrow from Lingfield. However, slightly unusual this year, as due to a waterlogged turf track, their whole card will be run on the all weather. Adeyar's full brother, Military Order, is likely to go off favourite, but Circle of Fire would no doubt be a popular winner, as His Majesty the King and Her Majesty the Queen would then head to Epsom with a live derby contender. He's trained by Sir Michael Stout, whose assistant trainer James Savage joined Nick this morning to discuss the decision to run on the all-weather as his prep. I just think that... We didn't really learn enough about him at Newmarket. It was um, it was a steady run race, and you know he we thought he ran really well considering the pace they went. And then he stayed. He really stayed on coming out the dip and up the hill, which was pleasing. And we just think the mile and a what was meant to be a mile three and a half at Lingfield was a mile and a half now, and all where they we'll learn a lot more about him at the weekend. And uh, that's his trip, really. We we think you know um, how good do you think he is? He's very. He's a very scopy horse, Nick, and he's um, he surprised us the way he quickened up at Salisbury last year, and he we, we really pleased us at Newmarket. He's a horse that I think is just going to improve with every run, physically, as well as you know, being more streetwise. Um, I think he's a very nice horse. He's a stakes horse. Just how good he is, I it's hard to gauge because he could stay. He could stay even further than a mile and a half. You know. You'll have a pretty good idea. Um, Godolphin have uh, uh, got a, a good, a good no, yardsticks rather damning him with fame praise, but they've got a horse that's already proven to have plenty of ability in there in military order. Yeah, he, he. I thought he was impressive at Newbury. I know he got, he was out there in front, and Williams deadly from the front. But the way he quickened and kept quickening through the line, he, he's and he's well related, isn't he? He's um, so that's what I mean. I mean, we will, we will learn plenty on Saturday and. You know he's he's going to run to his mark of 180 and even more the Godolphin horse. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's, um, it's exciting to have a real nice horse in the in the King's colours. You've got another horse in the Derby at the moment. Sir Michael has Crystal Mariner. How's he coming along? Yeah, he he did it well at Newcastle there the other day. He he's he was a bit more immature in the spring. Um, so he he he's another one who will learn plenty on the job. Um, He's going to be a bit more slow burning, I think, personally. Nick, I see him as like a, he could be an Ascot horse, like a King George handicap or a King Edward horse, that type of horse. And, and from the, the same family, you've got the filly Infinite Cosmos, who still runs in the in the Rothschild silks. And she's quite a short price now for the Musadora at, at York next week. Is, is everything going smoothly with her? Yeah, smoothly. Uh, I mean, it was, it was unfortunate that Sandown lost that card because... 
distance between races would have been so much nicer for her rather than having run last Friday at Newmarket and then um, having to back up, like, what would that be, sort of 13, 12, 13 days later. But, you know, she she's taken it really well. She's a great mind. Um, she, she just, she's just a really nice filly from that Rothschild family. I think being so short for the Moose Door is maybe more reputation than what we've seen, but um, she certainly, we think a lot of her, Nick. She's a, she's a nice filly that, as you know, with that Sir, Sir Evelyn breed, um, they only get better with age, don't they? Well, the Dante threw up last season's Derby winner Desert Crown, and that race takes place at York next week. Just looking at the entries, it looks to be the deepest trial we'll see, with two Aidan O'Brien Colts in there, the highly regarded Canberra legend, Epsom trial winner Epictetus, Group 2 winning two-year-old The Foxes, just to mention a few. Another who could play a big role is Dear My Friend in the Silks of Midland Park Racing and trainer Charlie Johnston, who confirmed on the podcast this week that Guinea's fifth Dubai Mile will head straight to the Derby, summed up Dear My Friend's chance in the Dante on Thursday. I think a, a very good chance. Um, his, his run in the Burden was a very impressive one. I thought he travelled through that race like a very good horse, um, albeit flight plan was a little bit disappointing. Galleron came out and ran very well in the guineas, so I think the the form is strong. I think he will improve stepping up to a mile and a quarter, and you know, we couldn't have been happier with him in between the two races. So uh, I think he goes there as a uh, with a lively chance. And, and are he um, and Dubai Mile completely different, or or do they have any similarities? Uh, they're pretty different in in many respects. Uh, dear my friend, is an absolutely huge horse. He would be probably a full hand bigger and um, probably thirty to forty kilos heavier. Uh, but actually, of the two, I would feel more confident about Dubai Miles' stamina than than dear my friend's. Uh, he's by pivotal, and the way he travelled through. Uh, you know, a good contest over a mile in, in April there. It gives me confidence that he'll stay a mile and a quarter. The jury's still out about a mile and a half, but we'll we'll learn more at York next week. Looking at the international action this weekend on Saturday, we may have some Royal Ascot clues on offer. And here's Nick to tell you more. Well, Charlotte, tomorrow at Gulfstream Park, so Saturday at Gulfstream Park, is the inaugural um, edition of the two races known as the Royal Palm Series, which are stepping stones, official stepping stones to Royal Ascot. The idea being you will get an automatic berth if you win, but also you will get a part travel allowance as well, incentivizing people to go to the Florida track before the Royal Meeting. And there's no surprise that Wesley Ward is trying to take advantage of the opportunity and he joins me now Wesley first of all let's talk about the Colts race and holding the line a a horse from the first crop of the very fast sprinter soldiers call and in rather famous ownership just tell us who you've got uh, who you've got this one for we got my idol my hero uh, Steve Cotton went over to England last year to Tattersalls and bought him and uh, brought him back here and gave me to to break and train last fall and I'm so excited to run a horse for Steve with a chance of bringing him back as an owner now to Royal Ascot. So this colt, you, you've been training at Keeneland, but then I see you moved him down for his latest work to Payson Park. Uh, how did he get on there? He, he uh, did very, very well. Um, he, was, he was at Payson. 
Uh, we sent him down about 10 days ago. Had a nice breeze down there to sort of acclimatize to a tropical climate again. But he'd been down there all winter long. So, um, you know, he, he's used to it. He's had some very, very nice works at Palm Meadows on the, on the grass, which he should, uh, you know, being uh, bred in, in Ireland. So I think he's, he's going to have a big chance. And where do you think he sits in your in your pecking order of two year olds at the moment? Where would you put him? Well, a lot will a lot will be determined uh, after the race, of course. Mm, of course, but I mean, on what he's showing you at the moment, how do you rate him? He, he, he's a very um, he's a big colt, um, you know, and I, I think um, his workouts on the grass have been very very good. Um, so I, you know, and this this race is a race that we pointed for all along. Um, and uh, we drew a great post. We got a great rider and Johnny V coming down to ride him for Steve. And Steve's going to be there for the race, and and we're we're all excited. And I I do think he's going to fit. You know, uh, I have had a couple of uh, one colt of uh, Lady Aurelia's foal come out and blast out there. So, you know, he he certainly would be a little better than this colt at this stage. But when you line him up in the gate, you know, and and this guy breaks, I think we're gonna we're gonna hopefully see something good here. So that is race six, 3.27 Eastern, 8.27 British Summertime, and then Gulfstream Park race nine we're looking at for the Phillies, which goes off at 5.01 local, uh, 10.01 British Summertime, and you're represented here as well. Tell me about the filly that you're running, Ocean Mermaid. Wow, this is a, this is a pedigree. This is uh, Peter Winkworth's family, Kingman out of, out of Sparkling Surf. Yeah, she was purchased as well by Ben McElroy over... Over in Europe, um, pointed for Royal Ascot for Barbara Banky. Uh, she sends him over every year to pick him out, pick her out some some really nice precocious two year olds for Ascot. This being one, and she's done everything well. Um, her her works as well down in Florida early on were, were better on the grass than they are the dirt and should be with the breeding that she she has. But um, she's got the breeding for it. She's got the rider for it, um, and so we're we're all set. It doesn't. It strikes me as a sort of classic pedigree, almost. You know, more a more a sort of almost a guineas pedigree rather than a than a whiz bang five furlong type. Do Do you think she's got that kind of that raw precocity that that you need for this sort of test? Well, she's got that whiz bang trainer in her in her corner. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a guineas trainer in her corner, so if she's got it, I'm going to get it out of her. Um, you know, that's what she was sent to me for was to get her ready for Ascot, and that's what we have her. Um, so, you know, she's 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 drawn well. She's got a great rider in Johnny that's been so successful for me over the years, and also at Ascot. Um, he's very familiar with this filly as he's breezed her here at at uh, Keeneland. So, you know, hopefully we just have a little luck, um, as you need with two-year-olds, you know, and this will be their first time at Gulfstream. They've been to many, many different tracks, though. Um, that's one of the things that I do is I take them to a lot of different places, so they're very well-schooled and going to different places so they won't be green. But this will be their first time at Gulfstream. Um, Wesley, thank you. Um, so just to remind everybody, tomorrow, Saturday evening, race six and race nine at Gulfstream, 3.27, 8.27 British time and 5.01, 10.01. Um, and you want to see the Colts and the Phillies. And in the Colts race, I'll also alert you against Wesley's holding the line is a horse called Mattingly, Colt called Mattingly, by Bucero, who ran at Royal Ascot, owned by Iron Horse Racing Stable. And it was their dream to buy a progeny of Bucero and race him at Royal Ascot. Uh, and that would be a pretty neat story as well, as I'm sure even you as a rival would agree, Wesley. Yeah, very nice connections there as well, and I wish him the best.
All right, thanks so much. Charlotte, back to you. Finally, on Sunday, France run their equivalents of the 2,000 and 1,000 guineas at Longchamp, the Poulain for the Colts and the Pouliche for the Phillies. The Poulain is run first at 2.50 English time and Isaac Shelby supports his new Qatari owner, Wathenham Racing Silks, for the first time. He ran away with the Greenham after Chaldean unshipped Frankie de Tori coming out the stalls and his trainer, Brian Min, gave Nick an update on how he's been training since that win. Yeah, great, Nick. Yeah, everything is, um, everything's gone according to plan with him. Um, obviously, he had a run in the Greenham and that put him right for Sunday, so it's just been a matter of taking him over since then. I went to the Greenham thinking that I only had Chaldean to beat. Mm. I mean, it's you know, it's it's tidy, it's it's all good, all points in the right direction. And Isaac Shelby was really impressive that day. He's very cool, you know. He's very calm, always pretty relaxed. I guess uh, when he goes out each day he's he's he likes company sometimes he's had to go out on his own if he's been traveling or something like that his horse enjoys another horse being with him um but generally you know he's a good eater he's quite a character in the box um but very calm real cool customer and uh, you made plenty of use of him at newbury would you be inclined to do the same thing even over a furlong further well we got slightly caught out because of the um of Chaldine being loose he kind of uh he sort of set Isaac Shelby alight a little bit to start with. Um, and uh, Sean had to just kind of work on settling a bit. So we were probably, you know, doing a little bit too much at one point in the race. Uh, but, you know, fine at the at the end it counted. I mean, I think, you know, he's very much a normal ride. You know, he's got good gate speed. So, you you know, you just bounce and you see and you wait. And Sean knows him so well. He's, he's such a good jockey. Um, you know, he's got a cool head as well. So he'll, um, he'll just put him where he's comfortable. And a significantly smaller field than you would normally get in this race as well. Uh, he seemed to handle quite bad ground at Newbury okay. Um, yeah. And it's, gonna, it's not going to be very nice at Longchamp. No, I mean, I guess, you know, it depends how they get through it. You know, there's a big difference between soft, very soft holding ground and very soft wet ground. You know, I mean, you know, horses can get through it. I mean, as always in these situations, it's, it's the horses that handle it. And, um, you know, you've got to wait and see how the race pans out in that respect. All I can say is that, that you know, my guy has won on good to soft first time out. He won on good to firm, his group two, and he won his group three on what was really pretty ordinary ground i mean it was soft but it was holding soft mm. so it wasn't ideal uh, and Sean certainly was of the opinion that he would be better on on on, on better ground but he's handled it in the green so i expect him to handle it on sunday um, and brian for you you talk about the horse handling the whole build-up well how are you handling it yeah no it's good you know it's like um you know i've been very lucky to have some amazing horses over the years and we've been at a high level with a lot of them. Um, you know, I don't have as big a string nowadays. We train 70, 80 horses. So it means you get a little bit more time to the individual. So, you know, I've got a really good team here. They're more than capable of doing the job without me interfering in the day-to-day running. But I, mean, I got up this morning at 10 to 4 to feed him before he went on his journey, which is great, you know, because you build up a relationship with the actual character of the individual rather than just being simply his trainer. 
Then 40 minutes later at 3.30 in the Pouliche, Aidan O'Brien has a fascinating runner in Never Ending Story, who I was rather hoping to see in the English equivalent. She's also right up there in the betting for the Epsom Oaks, so is certainly one to keep an eye on. That's a wrap for this week. I hope you've picked up some insight ahead of some of the key races over the coming days. Thank you once again for listening. And Nick will be back as usual on Monday morning. Have a lovely weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.